Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. Welcome to the show. Today is Sunday, September 16th, 2012, and my name is Steve. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Hamilton and Curtis. Hammy, how are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good, Stevie. Show 201. Yeah, man. It's the, the third century begins. I'm good. Thanks for asking. Excellent. Yeah, you're really sticking to your uh, pledge to not talk about your personal life. My boring personal life where I really have no interesting stories or movie reviews. Yeah, well, you know, look, yeah. that's your own cross to bear, Hammy. <laughs> there, I, I mean, yet I did it somehow. <laughs> somehow it oozed through in that. Yes, Curtis, how are you? I am good. I was just telling you. Go well. Happy first, happy tenth anniversary to my wife on Friday. Excellent. Congratulations. And, and, and yes. you. Oh yeah, sure. I was yes. part of it in some small measure. Um, I did finally go see the Born movie. We had a Born request movie review request. Hopefully, that person that requested my Born review has since seen the movie. A little slow. Um, in fact, I fell asleep during it. I will freely admit. Um, so yeah. All right, that's great. Good. That's all I got. Yeah. Thank you. Jeremy Renner, bad. No, it, it so. was, you know, he's just as compelling as, as Matt Damon. It just, it was just kind of plotting. It was a lot, it, they were just kind of trying to build up the character as to what his purpose was. Like this broader, you know, obviously the Matt Damon character was supposed to be this one-off type of character, but then now they're trying to develop him and why he is also this deep, confused agent. Wait, so... So is he not Jason Bourne? Is he a different Bourne? No, he's a, he's a different. He's not even a Bourne. He's a completely different character. Uh. Uh, and so it's there, you know. With their, it's all based on like medical experiments they're conducting on on uh, GIs, if you will. And um, so he's one of the guys that's part of that process. And so it just becomes that they're trying to clear up their misdeeds and so he is developed as this character so clearly they're going to be i mean it leaves it very open-ended at the end for a sequel depending on how much money they made and obviously they made over a hundred million dollars so they will certainly have a sequel but it was just a lot of that kind of developmental stuff which was really not interesting not as a jason Bourne story if they can make taken two they can make a sequel right Stevie, how are you? Get us away from talking about Oh, movies. my God. Yeah, now I'm going to start complaining about the movie reviews. You're going to fall asleep. <laughs> um, I am good. So I have an experience I want to share. So through a family connection, I got to work for Fox yesterday on the Saturday national broadcast of the Braves Nationals game as the field stage manager. So just some quick hits of what that looked like. So um, – Like one hour prior to the game, we met with the umpires. I went into the umpire's locker room, which I've never seen before, which is like back where the the SunTrust fabulous, you know, lounge thing with those awesome green chairs are in the first couple rows. 
um, to talk to them about like how long the commercial breaks will be, and most specifically for me because I, hearing you know word from the truck, point to the home plate umpire to tell him that the game can start while I'm standing Whoa. in the camera well between home plate and the Braves dugout. Like at the top of every half inning? No, no, no. Just at the start of the game. Oh, okay. Just at the start of the game that they, you know, at like 4.05, we worked out the signal I would give him. And, uh, you know. What so was it? I pointed at him. It was pretty okay, complicated. Good. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Was it like an Isaac Loveboat point where you did the double guns? At? <laughs> yeah, and I made that sort of clicking noise in my mouth, but he probably couldn't hear. <laughs> nice. Um, so then after that. I had to line up Chris Medlin and Ross Detweiler for their um, in-game interviews, which was pretty neat. You know, Medlin was just hanging out at the end of the bullpen, so I was able to get him pretty easily. I had to then run over to the uh, to the Nationals bullpen, where I, lo- I I couldn't quite picture Ross Detweiler. I looked him up on my phone, but then I couldn't spot him. So John Lannon was sitting on the edge of the the um, the bench, and I was like, "Hey, John, uh, where's Ross Detweiler?" Who was standing right next to him? Nice. Yeah. So did you did you have like were you wearing like big fox outfit or something? So you know, I wasn't given anything. No, I was just wearing like a white golf shirt and shorts and sneakers. You know, that didn't dress you as physically as a fox. No, no, no. Um, so then you know I was like I don't know if you guys saw that, but like I was right off camera when Gio Gonzalez came up during Detweiler's interview and threw the bucket of gum on him, and people kept throwing gum at him through the interview. I mean, it was just crazy, you know. And then the rest of the time I was. At the um, at the far end of the Braves dugout in that camera well there, um, just watching the dugout, calling up to the truck about it looks like this guy is picking up a bat and will probably pinch hit. They're calling to the bullpen, just watching for things that the truck and the cameras aren't necessarily seeing, so that they can you know cue the cameras to look at or what have you. Um, you know, a couple of quick observations: the team is not tight. You know, with all the losing and whatnot, I mean, just watching them file into the dugout before the game, there's all this chest bumping and high-fiving and joking and laughing. They're really like, it is a tight group of guys. You can really tell that. I mean, just during... But not, not tight, like, nervous and... Right, right. Loose. Yeah, I'm sorry. Tight. I meant not tight, nervous, but tight, like, they're, they seem like buddies, you know, and really enjoy being around each other. I mean, you could just see that throughout the game as someone would do something great just a tremendous amount of congratulations if someone didn't do something good everyone would like come over and pat him on the shoulder and um it was really there was really great great chemistry in the dugout um the the last two things i want to say like some players take it really hard especially after some at bats like particularly prado who went up there with men in scoring position and didn't um, come through, and Reed Johnson as well. And both of them at different times just sat at the end of the bench and just, like, stared into the big empty, torturing themselves. I mean, it was just, you could see them just hating it, you know? Wow. Yeah, it was really, it was something else, I'll tell you what. That's pretty, and those are great. That's a great place, a great vantage point to watch a game. Obviously, even though you're getting paid to sort of watch the dugout. So, were you? Were there times when you were watching to get caught up in the game when you were supposed to be watching what was going on in the dugout, or or was it sort of fluid? Yeah, it was pretty fluid. I, I was back yeah. and forth. I really kept my eyes on the on the dugout as much as I could, more than the than the game. Um, 
but yeah, it was really. Oh, oh the other the, the other thing is that as I was walking between the field and the trucks, you know, underneath the stadium pre-game, I walked past Bobby. Nice. Bobby was just coming in in his street clothes. Did you ask for an interview? I, Did you ask it? You should have asked all of them for interviews, by the way, yeah. Stevie. It, <laughs> way, way to use your credentials. Ensuring that I get asked back to, <laughs> yeah. to, to do the Fox. I just team. had a vision when you said you were going to be the on-field stage manager that you were just running around with the headset on going, places, everybody, places. <laughs> Fossy, Fossy 1, Fossy, Fossy 2. Jazz hands, everybody. <laughs> Give me makeup. Give me makeup for Freddie. <laughs> All right, guys, before we get started, a big congratulations to our blogger, Sean. He and his wife welcomed a baby boy into the family this weekend, so our well wishes go out to them. Um, and Can he play second base? Say it again. Can he play second base, or is it too early to ask? Yeah, it's probably a little too early. All right, Sean, get on it. <laughs> All right, and some regular business, right? Everybody, please subscribe to the podcast on either iTunes or Stitcher so that you don't miss a show. Also, join the Atlanta Baseball Talk group on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at ATL Baseball Talk, and check out our weekly blogs at AtlantaBaseballTalk.com. All right, guys, in tonight's show, we look at some key pieces of our pitching and our offense as we play trust or mistrust, and we also check in on the Dan Struglometer. But first, guys, the postseason hope meter. It's the middle of September, and Hammy, I think you really put it well in an email exchange we had this weekend that really nothing else matters at this point as we head toward the postseason. So let's look at our postseason chances from a few different angles. So first up, the NL East, right? It seems that one week we've completely given up on the NL East, and the next week we think there's a glimmer of hope. So after the demoralizing sweep at the hands of the Brewers... Um, you know, at the start of this week where we went from five and a half back of the Nats to a season high eight and a half out, the Braves have taken the first two in this head to head against the Nationals. And so for the sake of the conversation, let's pretend the Braves complete the sweep of the Nats um, and we find ourselves five and a half back on Monday morning. So, Hammy, where are you on the hope meter for the NL East? Um, I'm a three. I think I mean we've so we'll, we will have 15 games to play I believe that is right. after tonight yep. um, and the Nats and will so, have 16 right um, and making up five and a half in that just the way it seems like that we have been floating around there for forever yeah um, and the Nats seem pretty solid we've talked about this in numerous shows they don't seem primed to fall you know I mean they've played us tough every game this week weekend so I don't I just I would be surprised if um, if we caught the Nats to get the East title. But as we know from last year, all things are possible. But um, I would be surprised. So I'd say I'm going to give it a three just because I, I don't want to give it a zero. <laughs> Curtis, how about you? Uh, I will give it a one just because I don't want to give it a zero because I guess <laughs> there is the fleeting opportunity that that exists, but I don't see it happening. So I would say it's very, 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 very slim that we catch the Nats. Well, let me ask you this, Kurt. Will you, this coming week, be watching the Nats' scores? Um, I don't know that I will pay attention to it, no. I mean, I, I will, uh, I might glance to see, but I will not be scoreboard watching to see what the Nationals do in any regard. See, I will be scoreboard watching in a way that, you know, over the last four weeks, a good two of them I didn't because it just felt like it was over. So I'll go with yeah. three as well. But I'm absolutely watching 
the scoreboard. And, you know, so the, the one thing in the Braves' favor is their remaining schedule. The Braves have six with the Marlins um, and three apiece with the Phillies, the Mets, and the Pirates, compared to the Nationals, who have six with the Phillies, so that's tougher, four with the Brewers, that's tougher, three with the Dodgers, and three with the Cardinals. I mean, I'll take, yeah, I'll take our remaining schedule any day of the week. Yeah. yeah, theirs is pretty brutal. Yeah, that's pretty rough. You know, of course, on the flip side, it means, right, the Braves will go 10-5 and five and the Nats go 6-10. and 10. And we'd also have to match up, you know, our wins with their losses. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's uh, on the outside of the realm of possibility. But I have some hope around it that I didn't, you know, a while back. All right, guys, so let's talk about the wild card, right? So as we record this Sunday night, the Cardinals regained the second wild, spot, wild card spot, and they'll be either six or seven back of the Braves, depending on the outcome of the Sunday night Braves game. So you've got the Dodgers one game out of the two slots, the Brewers two games back. I didn't realize the Brewers had made so much ground up. Yeah. The Pirates two and a half, the Phillies three and a half. So, Kurt, where are you on the wild card hope meter? Um, I will say a nine. Just because sure. I won't, I won't say a ten. Yeah, I honestly, that's me knocking on wood. Um, <laughs> there's no way we're blowing the wild card. It's uh, just not going to happen. We're two. I mean, we're what are we? Six games up on the Cardinals? Is that what you? And we'll said? be seven if seven. we win tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just don't see um, any of those teams having the ability to to make that ground up. Um, I, I, it's just that's that's virtually impossible. Especially with even, Medlin in the rotation, we just can't yeah. lose every game. Even more so than last oh. year, um, because yeah. the Cardinals are not playing all that great. I know they won today, right, but, but they're they, not playing great. Absolutely. Um, and those other teams got to get through kind of each other before they would get to us. I I just I don't see any chance that we don't make the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. I mean that's the thing. Yo, oh, sorry. No, Nationals no, just scored a run. By the way, is it two to one? Well, now? One, yeah. Okay. It's just it's pouring down rain there too. It seems like, um, yeah. That's the thing is there's so much playing each other of all those teams back there in the bunch behind us that I just I almost don't think it's mathematically possible unless like one team starts to beat all the other teams. But then it seems like then those other teams are losing, and so um, I don't know. I would be I would I'm at a nine as well. Just to follow up on what Curtis said, I just feel like knock on wood as well. Um, just the way the schedule plays out, we're 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 so much further into September than we were last year when the collapse, capital C, began that um, that I, I would be shocked if we did. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, wasn't the 10-game the lead that keeps coming up on every national broadcast, um, wasn't that August 1st? Is that when we had the 10-game no, lead last year or was it later? It was later. It was we we I think wasn't it we lost we had a nine game lead heading into September. Is that is that right? Okay. Well we have a seven game lead, hopefully. Or a six game lead, like you said, halfway into September. I mean two thirds almost, yeah. Yeah. I I I'm I'm with you. I mean I'm a I'm a solid ten or forty seven. You know, I mean I I really think that uh the, that the Braves are uh, you know, will make that uh one game playoff, which leads us into our next question revisiting a question from a few weeks ago we asked who would you want starting the one game playoff hudson or medlin now i'm pretty sure we all said hudson i know i did ham yeah we all we all did okay so ham has that answer changed for you 
Oh, it, it, it is starting to. Um, and I, I mean, I guess it's that's sort of a, a binary question. So I would say, yeah, you you know, if I had to pick one of the other Hudson or, or Medlin right now, the way they're going, I would I think I'd pick Medlin. I think I like. He seems unflappable. He seems to not get shaken by the situation. Um, the numbers are, and, and this is you know, all the the pundits out there, the numbers are almost too good to be believed yeah. for him since he joined the rotation. Um, and and you know, why not? Why not start him? Yeah, that's so the I thing. I would say Medlin. I mean, I think that all of us were like, got to go with Hudson veteran has playoff experience all that but now that what we've seen i mean medlin's the best pitcher on the brave staff i mean you could just end the conversation there he's the best pitcher on the brave staff and one of the best pitchers in baseball right now i mean he's just ridiculous i just don't see how you don't start him in that one game playoff if you can line it up curtis yeah totally um i I, in fact i i only want him starting that game and my hope in that game completely is dependent on him starting that game. Otherwise, you're hopeless? I'm not hopeless, <laughs> but I'm not um, hopeful. You, you'll, you'll be bracing for one of the bad Hudson first innings? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I would be bracing for a 5-2 to two loss. <laughs> so let me ask you guys this. Like, I believe that Freddie will start Medlin in that game. I, I really do. You know, short of... Whatever, some stuff happened in the next couple of weeks. But let's say things continued as they are. Hudson pitching damn well, but Medlin just being otherworldly. But it's last, you know, it's two years ago, that is, and Bobby's still the manager. Does Bobby start Medlin? No. 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 No way would he start Medlin. And I'm, you know what, I don't know, Stevie. I don't know if I'm as convinced of you as... of. About that, what Freddie will that do. Freddie will do. I just think, yeah. based on the stuff we've talked about the last couple of weeks, about you know bring you know benching Ugla kind of and bringing uh, you know uh, Kimbrel in for that four out save and pitching him on the road in the you know in the ninth inning, like all that sort of I'm not going to do the stuff I did last year stuff. I think Freddie is ready and willing to do whatever it takes. But don't you think he could also play it off that that he could say, well, Hudson's going to be our game one starter. So it's not like he's sliding Hudson, even though it's sort of as a slight. But well, I don't think it would be an, an obscenely terrible decision to start Hudson. I don't think he would have to, like, defend it that much, although I think he'd have to defend it some. I, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't see how you, how you don't start meddling. Yeah, and the thing that the difference is, and I, I talked about this a long time ago, is that with Medlin right now and the way our offense is right now, Hudson might give you a great start where he gives up three runs, which is certainly a very solid start. Right. Medlin gives you a start where he gives up one or zero runs. And I know that we can't continue to expect that that's going to be the case every single time he goes out to pitch. But that's just kind of the feeling you have with Medlin. But the Braves could easily, easily lose a game where they give up. Three, three runs. runs. Yeah, they lose three. Oh, two, yeah. Three, one. That's that's yeah. a that's a gigantic chasm with the way that this offense is 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 playing right now. So that's you know it's a it's a big big difference between um, a solid start and just a completely dominant shutdown start, which is frankly what Medlin has given us every single time. And it's it's you know look if if you can if you can um, 
you know, set it up that way for a winner-take-all game, I think you do. I don't, I don't know how else you, I don't know how else you would play it. All right, guys. So keeping with the uh, the one-game playoff subject, who do you want to face? Let's assume it's from a grouping of the Cardinals, the Dodgers, and the Brewers. I mean, if you want to throw the Phillies in there, you can, but I just don't see them leapfrogging the all the other guys. Or, or the Pirates, just because the Pirates yeah. are starting to fade. Horrible, horrible loss for the Phillies today. Yeah. Yeah. God bless what about the Cubs? Are the Cubs, the Cubs not in consideration? Because I'd like to... <laughs> I would. Face I think them. they're mathematically eliminated. Ham, I'm pretty sure. Uh, um, so, Ham, who do you want to face? Um, you know what? I would say I want to face the Dodgers, and the interesting reason why, or the reason why you can. Oh no! I think it's going to be interesting, Hammy. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> start recording Fire. now. Um, uh, is that they remind me of us, the Braves, and I? If I were another team and I had to face any team in the postseason, I think you'd have to pick the Braves because of how unreliable the offense is, and that's what the Dodgers are right now. Good pitching, but everybody's got good t- pitching in the postseason. But I think, like we just talked about, with the Medlin and losing a game 3-1, to one, um, you can beat the Dodgers by only scoring two runs because their offense has been abysmal lately, and the same can be said of the Braves. So, I mean, I know the Cardinals have been slumping a little bit, but I just feel like the way the Dodgers are playing right now that we would have our best shot against them. And that doesn't say anything about how they sort of owned us when they just came through town last time. Um, but that's who I choose. All right, Curtis, what choose do you think? Dodgers. I think I'm going Cardinals. Um, just because I don't think they're playing all that well right now. I know the Dodgers aren't playing great either, but um, I just, yeah, I guess Ham touched on it, but that the taste of that... Um, that series that uh, Freeman just oh I thought he hit a two run homer. Um, that series that the Dodgers just had in Atlanta was just it did not leave me with good thoughts. So I'm gonna I think I'm 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 rooting for the Cardinals to be the team. Yeah, I definitely don't want the Brewers just because the top of their rotation while they're all righties they just owned us. I mean I just I, yeah. I just you know I don't I want nothing to do with them. Hammy I, mean, I I don't want the Dodgers because you've got Kershaw and Capuano at the top of their rotation and they're both lefties and who knows how it will line up of course but if, if they can throw one of those two guys they would and i don't want any of that i i want the cardinals too they just seem like the most vulnerable they're you know they're the most inconsistent right now and the top of their rotation of wainwright loesch and westbrook they're all righties you know may you know they're saying carpenter may come back this week but how great is he really going to be? I, I I think the Cardinals are our best shot. Uh, they just scare me. I just I also get a little superstitious, and I just feel like we, the Cardinals, sort of own us. And maybe it's because of last year and everything. I know it's different manager, different club. Um, I just feel like they're more consistent on offense too. Yeah, but they put numbers up. But it's that same reason that I want them. I think it creates this great opportunity to wash away the demons of last year by knocking them out in that one game playoff like it sets up in a nice storybook way Mm. (laughs) all right last thing on on the postseason with all the added drama right of the pennant races with the additional wild card spot should bud seeley be getting some credit here kurt um no i i I think that the whole idea is actually pretty 
pretty stupid and pretty slapped together. Um, I think at minimum it should be a three-game if they're going to do this, which I shouldn't. Th- I don't think they should do it anyway. Um, I think it should be a three-game series. Um, I know they don't want to drag the the postseason out any longer, but also that they didn't take the time to implement this really at all. They just really forced it and wedged it in this year. Um, with uh, so the potential exists where teams. You know, I read something the other day. They can't play within 17 hours of playing a game. Oh yeah, so it's going to be a nightmare. So there's all this travel consideration. Sometimes they might have they, they literally might have to start these games at like 10, 11 o'clock at night, West Coast. I mean, East Coast time. West if they were playing out West, they'd have to start at eight or nine o'clock because of potentially having to play a game the day before. So if I know that there's a lot more cities that are involved, so there's a lot more interest in baseball. But as as more of a baseball purist, I think, one, it's a stupid idea because I don't think it's fair that you potentially have the second-best record in the National League, which the Braves might have, and you can be knocked out in not even a five-game series, but in one game. You could have to face a guy who's a Cy Young candidate, and he knocks you out in one game, and you, you play all season for that one game. Um, the travel's going to be insane. The you know the days off that they're trying to work in that the fact that the first round is going to be two home for the lower seated team and then three on the road at the higher seated team so if you're the higher seated team Washington potentially has to play Atlanta two games in Atlanta should Atlanta get through that one game playoff right it's very haphazard it's very slapped together i appreciate the fact that he's trying to get more people engaged but look at how many people were at the LA game today the Cardinals, the Dodgers. I mean, that's as important game as in baseball right now. That place was half filled. So, um, no, I don't think he should get credit, and I think he should get actually get a lot of criticism for the way that they've attempted to to push this on us. Hammy, wow, Curtis, I disagree um, on some some degree. I mean, I think that um, he should get credit for for pushing, moving in the right direction. And I think we've talked about this and. Um, some of our earlier shows that that it, that we need more postseason baseball. Anything that gives us more postseason baseball is great. And the and the fact to say, oh, you're going to set up for uh, uh, you're facing a Cy Young Award winner in your one game. It's one game more than you would have had a shot at. So I mean, I think that's not a great argument. I do think I do agree with you, Curtis, that um, it is typical bud in that it's thrown together. Right, so best intentions, worse execution. Yeah, it's half baked. It's half baked. It's totally half baked. But I wouldn't undo it because it's a step in the right direction. I wouldn't go back. I mean, obviously, if there's a tie for the second wild card, it's ridiculous what it does to the rest of the postseason. It has the potential to really, you know, certainly for the media to color the postseason. And you know, they talk about, and I think we'll cover it later in the show that in a division series, it's you may have no off days or no travel days, so you're gonna have to have a five man rotation. So all this sudden your who favors who is different and who the you know the favorite is is different but i still think bud deserves credit for moving out of the stone ages into the iron ages at least a little bit and you know next year he'll get it a little bit more right and then he'll get a little bit more right i mean he's a horrible um commissioner person <laughs> oh i mean yeah, i think he's not a horrible person but i think that he's a horrible commissioner but i think for he does have the right intent here i just think the execution is is bad yeah i can't get past a one game sudden death playoff it's just so anathema to everything else in baseball 162 games you know the a five game series is ridiculous given everything else in baseball 
a one-game playoff is is unforgivable. I, I just I can't get past it. It'll so be exciting. you would rather not have it. It'll be exciting. Would you rather not have it? Yeah, I would rather not have it because look, I I like the additional interest and I like the additional chance to get in the postseason, but he did it wrong. You've got yeah, to shorten absolutely. the season, increase the postseason. Otherwise, don't do it because it is it's ridiculous. A one game playoff is just ridiculous. And Ham, do you do you consider it a win if if the Braves make the postseason and lose the one game playoff game play in game? I mean, are are you satisfied with that season? Do you consider that season a, a win, a successful season? Well, for, so if you, I think if you're the number no. But yeah, I mean, are the Braves are the Braves going are the Braves going to put a banner up on Turner on turn, the side of Turner Field that says we were the number one wild card team? I mean, I'm assuming they will, but because the Braves love to ride on success of any measure. But um, so I, I don't know. It's so, a good question. Curtis, I hear. It's a, so let me put you this way: You're the Cardinals. You're battling the Dodgers right now to get into the postseason. Would you rather not? Would you rather be like, eh? You know what? I'd rather not get into the postseason and have a chance. Well, I mean, I mean, but that, I think that's a different question. I mean, well, it is you can, a you, question, you, can but... you can expand it to thirty teams and say, oh well, you know, now all of a sudden everybody's engaged. No, but Kurt, you're looking you at so many teams. One point of view. You're just looking at it from the Braves as the wild card leader, and you're, they're your team, right? But for baseball in general and all the other teams, can, is it not? And, and again. Is it perfect? No. Is it a step in the right direction? Don't you hope that next year maybe there is more expansion? And maybe he rushed to do it. But I even but even then, I, if he doesn't do this step, I think we never get there. Well, but I, you know, and and I, but yeah, and I, I'd be curious to see what broader plans they have. I mean, if you're going to do it, it's got to be more towards a um, either like a, a, a like the ACC basketball tournament where you have higher seeds. Say you have two higher seeds, the four lower seeds uh, play a five game series against each other, and the two yeah. top seeds get a bye. Like the NFL, a, yeah, exactly, or the yeah. NFL. I think that that if so, then you have six teams coming out. But I think you also have to rank the teams one to fifteen, or whatever the case might be, one to sixteen, and not have it just structured by division. But Ham and and, and let me move on to the next topic um, after this. The it's never going to get better <laughs> after I get the last word. Uh, it's never going to get better because. They, they cannot extend the postseason longer than into November like it is now. So I don't – and they're not going to start earlier than beginning of April. So I think we're always going to be stuck with this one-game play-in, which, again, is, is horrible. Or you'll get two game two one-game play-ins. They'll add another team. You don't think there's any chance of them shortening the season? No, no absolutely not. The owners, won't, the owners won't abide by it. They, they don't want to lose the gate. Well, and they're also losing to football. I mean, football is the is the number one. Well, that's sport that's in, why in Curtis there right was, now, and they don't want to. That's compete. why the Dodgers Cardinals game nobody was there is because they're all watching the Raiders or the Chargers or right. But none of those teams can play in L.A. Yeah, all right, guys, let's, let's move on to our new game: trust or mistrust, where we look at individual players and discuss if we have any confidence in them in the postseason. So first up, Tommy Hansen, Hammy. Mistrust. 
<laughs> are we doing? Are we? Are we going to go around the horn or just yell it out as quickly? Let's do knee jerk mistrust. I mean, is it so? But I'll keep talking since I've already started. Isn't Hanson essentially Delgado at this point? And maybe that's not even fair to Delgado. I mean, so he's pretty capable of throwing a stretch of innings where he's effective. He can't go more than five. He always has a big inning looming. And so to that end, I mean, can't we just give Delgado a start at this point? And what does it look – it doesn't look like Hansen is progressing at all or working through anything. And, I, you know, even though the idea of sending him to AAA right now is ridiculous, is where we are in the postseason, it would just never happen for him. But I also don't think that would even accomplish anything. I, I don't trust Hansen at all. Yeah, I'm with uh, you. And I'm all, frustrated. Although, it, it, to me, it's too late to throw Delgado in what to see if you're going to plug him into the starting rotation. He, I, I, I would probably go Hansen over Delgado. If they were going to do that, they should have done it, you know, a month and a half ago. Yeah. Curtis, any trust for Tommy? No, and, and I, I think Ham touched on something that – there is no difference in his starts. It's not like you feel like there's a good start looming on the next one. You feel like the exact same thing is going to happen right, his again, lo- and it does. His location is what's problematic, the big inning, the home runs. It's it's kind of rough out there. And, and, and he, and, yeah, he just he looks like he has no confidence in himself yeah. either. Like he's really lost faith in his ability to pitch. Yeah. All right, Curtis, Paul Mahalam. You know, I want to say trust, but I... I just because he pitched well to begin with and just gave up a couple of poor, untimely home runs and lost some close games when he got no uh, run support. But his last couple of starts, he's been pretty bad. So I'm going to say mistrust on him as well. Yeah, mistrust yeah. for me too, Hammy. Mistrust, mistrust. All right, Johnny Venters, Curtis. I think he, yeah, he was got a boost of a change. <laughs> he's cut me off. God, we do sound just alike. I'm sorry, Ham. I really didn't hear you. What, what, what did you have? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Ham, was, Ham was offering his take on Johnny. I was offering my take on Mahalim, but that's fine. Oh, go ahead. I like, sorry. I, no, 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 Steve. I like, I like your um, running the show technique. <laughs> All right, and I'm going to – get a little brazen. And, do it. And I'm gonna, but Johnny Venters. I'm skipping you no for trust. Johnny Venters. Oh, no, no, no. Name. No trust. All right, Curtis? No trust. Um, I, you know, I do have. Um, it's not overriding trust, but I do have some trust in Johnny Venters. I th- still think he's got the ability to go out and and get guys out. It's just one out of every fifth outing. You have to expect that he's going to be awful. Yeah, I mean, like, so I don't trust Venters. And if you look at the numbers, they've been good. He had 21 appearances since the DL stint. He's only given up earned runs in two of those. But it's not like it's not like you know he's getting a lot of ground ball outs. He's walking guys. That game in Milwaukee, where he couldn't, uh. he couldn't, you know, he couldn't get that guy out who was trying to bunt and give us an out. And then the next guy bunts, and Johnny panics and makes that horrible throw to Chipper at third to get the lead guy and throws the ball away and just led to that awful whatever that seven inning run. I'm sorry, that that seven run inning. To me, that's a guy who's panicked and doesn't trust his stuff and feels like, you know, the next time he missteps, he's going to fall off the cliff. You know, the other thing I saw in the dugout yesterday was that when Venters came in from his appearance, Freddie walked down to the end of the, of the bench and patted him on the shoulder. And Freddie didn't do that for any of the other relievers all game. So I'm interpreting that as Freddie even knows, like, his psyche is fragile. 
You know, I, I do not trust Venners. I do not trust Venners. Did, did anyone not go? Nope. I went. I do not trust. I don't trust. trust to a degree. I mistrust Stevie. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. All right, Ham, how about Chad Durbin? Uh, not really. Not lately. I'm sorry. I don't. I think I'm a no all the way through all these guys, but not. I mean, he. I just. It's the same for me. He inventors are the same. Like you know, he has good stuff in him, um, and he had good stretches. But do I feel? Com- am I more surprised sometimes by the fact that he does well than not? And so Durbin is the same for me. Lately, I don't trust him. All right, Curtis. Yeah, none. I, and and he's been more bad than good lately. Um, he is a lot of those older guys that we had last year um, that you know we relied on once too often that just couldn't get the job done anymore. George Sherrill, whoever the other guys were, I forget the right hander who we had last year, but um, he's yeah. I, I do not. I do not line trust brink. him at all. Line brink, right? Yes. Yeah. He is our this year's line brink. Since August first, twenty appearances, sixteen hits, a home run, three and a half ERA. But I'm still fairly confident in Durbin, just because it's been way more good than bad this season with him. Um, so I, I trust him more than Venters, I'll say that. All right, let's move to the offense a little bit. Brian McCann. Kurt? Uh, no, I do not trust him. I've, uh, I I think that his injury is, is obviously playing a role, but I, he's just he's, he's just not been good. I mean, I, I, I know that... You kind of we kind of pussyfoot around Brian McCann because everybody loves Brian McCann, but he's just it's been about a year and a half now that he's just not been a really good player. So no, I don't trust him at all. Yeah, I mean, and he, I mean, do you feel like he's gotten any big hits? I mean, I, I know that he's gotten maybe a big hit or two this year, but I just I, I think he had a walk off <laughs> grand slam or something like that. But yeah, he had a couple when he got that shot right after he got that quarter. Right, he had shot. a homer or two. I don't remember what series. It's been the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't. I mean. And now he's got an injured hamstring, right, right. which is, uh, obviously makes him even less reliable. But I got to say, I mean, I don't trust the, I mistrust the, um, the catcher position altogether. I mean, Ross has been just as bad. At least, I mean, at least, you know, you hope he's going to be a little bit better defensively, just because McCann is not himself. But um, I am with Curtis, and I love McCann, and I would want nobody more on the team to do well because you know he wants it more than anybody, but I, I don't trust him. Yeah, I mean, he's been brutal, undoubtedly, but maybe the tendonitis is a bit of a blessing, and he'll miss a week, and it will let his shoulder calm down even more, and he can come back. I just, I just feel like he's too good a player to not contribute anything, although it's certainly what we've seen for like weeks and weeks, months and months. But I don't know. My, my, my trust of him is begrudging, but I, I trust him. Um, Michael Bourne. Hammy? Uh, all right. So uh, maybe the worst Brave in September. Well, I don't know. 55 plate appearances, nine hits, only two stolen bases, two caught stealing, slash line 196, 327, 217. So god awful. And striking out um, about every four and a half at bat, too. Yeah, just just horrible. So... I mean, my trust for him is is maybe more than the others um, just because he's healthy and I don't know what's going on, so maybe he can just turn it around a little bit. Um, you know, I would think that this would work in our favor, though, um, for next year, thinking about re-signing him. Um, however, I still think the Phillies are going to overpay for him and some of those other big spenders, and I don't think we can or should get in that bidding war. But I, I, my trust for him, I would say I just... Dis- 
I mistrust him the least of all the people we've talked about. <laughs> all right. Damning with faint praise. Curtis? Yes. <laughs> um, I, you know, lately, and this is two years in a row, kind of crunch time, that he has not delivered. Um, I, unfortunately, right now do not. And, and it's 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 hitting with runners in scoring position, and, and it's, what, it's kind of what the catalyst he is for our team. Um, you know, in the wins that he's played in, he bats 320. In the losses that he's played in, he bats 221. So it clearly impacts the team dramatically, and um, he's just not been good. Ham just outlined all his bad September numbers, and um, it just kind of continues. He's not looked good tonight. He struck out once I saw, maybe twice tonight. Um, so, yeah, I do not trust him much at all right now. Yeah, I, you know, I, I trust him a little bit, too, just because he's been so good. You know, it's back to the he's been way more good than he's been bad, and I just can't believe it can continue this way. But I certainly feel better seeing him come up, you know, than McCann, for example. Yeah. Talk about doesn't this less, damning praise. Yeah. I know, seriously. I mean, doesn't this – and I know we said this when we had that that – the one streak, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago with like the Rockies series was in there. But we're 10 or if we win tonight, knock on wood, 10 of 14, that feels like the luckiest 10 of 14 I think we've ever had since I can remember. Oh, no doubt. Right. No doubt. I mean, I mean, I'm just shocked that like we've won, you know, and or even 9 of 13, let's not count tonight. I'm like, really? When did, were we playing games that I didn't follow? <laughs> you know, were there like double headers in the middle of the night that they didn't put on Sports Center? It just feels surprising, surprising. Well, I mean, you go through this list and it's like, who do you trust really now? Like really, really trust with the game on the line. Who who do you trust other than Medlin? Hayward. And Kim, and Kimbrell. Hayward, you yeah. know, Hayward to me is like the offensive force that I want to see coming up in every big situation. And Freddie a little some, bit. Don't you have some trust in Chipper just because it's Chipper? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. And I forgot about Chipper, though. He's been pretty dismal in September, too. But yeah. no, I, I, I always well, trust Hayward has not up. been great. I mean, Hayward's had a bad, a, a tough seven-game stretch here, um, to be fair. But, I, I mean, I, I hear you. But it just – it's this team. This team is so maddening. Yeah. This team is so – Well, and, and Ham, the, you know, the difference between and, – and, frankly, going in I, uh, earlier after we got swept by the Brewers, I was thinking about looking at what the Braves have done in September. And, and obviously, the outlook has changed a lot because of what they've done with the Nationals. Win or lose tonight to take two of three is, is huge. Um, but it's almost like a. I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a deceptive kind of September slump because you, the the main difference in what happened this year and what happened last year was our pitching and and that we got those three shut out wins in a row that the pitching the starting pitching has been better, much better, and the bullpen has been much better than it was last year right. because the offense has been equally if not worse than it was last year so if not for good pitching if we had the same pitching that we had in september last year we would have lost a bunch more games. yeah no doubt the the pitching is making up for a lot of the ills all right guys let's move on to the dan struggler meter where we look back at dan's stats for the week and pretend that he's all the way back so, a pretty dismal week for Dan, really. Three hits, three walks in 20 plate appearances. Of course, that's what almost everybody's line looks like this week. Um, right. You know, on the bright side, and I mean this seriously, on the bright side, he only struck out twice, which is a much lower rate than we've seen. Um, so, Kurt, let's add Dan to the trust-mistrust list. Do you trust him in the postseason? No. Um, 
Uh, AJ, you know, we've we obviously we've dedicated a segment every week for some time now to to his his struggling and his ugling, and um, no, I don't I don't really trust him at all. Which now that we've broken this down, like whoever just said it, who do you trust? I mean, half the pitchers you don't trust. Prado. Two two thirds of the lineup you don't trust. Yeah, of course you trust Pato. You trust Chipper. You trust Hayward. You trust Freeman to a degree, but the rest of the guys you don't trust. Simmons I kind of trust is, Simmons. I really yeah, do. Yeah, but I mean, it's been a kind of, you know, I mean, obviously it, it he, he missed a lot of time and yep. he missed a lot of time as a rookie, so it's... But he's it's been, been good since he came back. It's going to be tough for him to kind of get back in the flow but but, but um, two weeks from now he'll be much better than he is now you know what i mean i, sure. I really believe that and i and i certainly I, I i'm i'm happy that he's back and i and i'm i'm glad that he is he's certainly an upgrade over jack wilson or paul yanish and despite what yanish did i mean yanish i think saved us some games with his glove but it's it's great to have simmons back but yeah i ugly just falls within that category of guys that that are not producing and that I don't trust in any regard. Tammy? Yeah, I don't trust him. Can he not be our second baseman again? Which I think tonight Johnson got the our Prado's over there, but I don't I all that Kurt says, don't trust him. Right off. I'll go starter. Yeah, second. I'll go starter. Uh never mind. Yeah, I, you know, I trust him a little, only because he has shown us that he can at times will himself to be good this year. And I just, you know, uh, we need we need to trust. We need to trust him exactly. There's a couple of guys where I just I can't let myself think he's going to be a total disaster because I don't like what that spells for the team. Yeah. All right, guys, let's move on to good signs, bad signs of the week. Hammy, what do you got? All right, some good signs. So Prado, eight for twenty-three on the week, two runs, um, which says something in a week when you feels like you only scored three runs. Um, <laughs> So good week for him, and I, he's someone I will always trust. I will always trust his work ethic. Even in his slumps, I always feel like he's one swing away from getting out of it. Yeah. Um, Freeman, a good week for him. Uh, you know, his 389 with a homer, a double, a triple. He got an RBI um, again in a week when one RBI seems to be carrying the load. Um, I thought Simmons looked good in his return. I'm excited for him to be back. Uh, and, of course, Medlin was a good sign this week, as always. Yeah, I'll throw uh, that Kimbrel can go days and days without appearing and then come in and, you know, get the side out in 10 pitches. Strike out the side in 10 pitches. Yeah. All strikes. Yeah, that was a pretty awesome appearance. And, and O'Flaherty continues to look just look dominant as well. Um, all right, bad they, signs? Well, um, the Braves' defense, six errors this week. It seemed like every one of them was costly. Um, all the people that you just listed and do not trust. Uh, for I mean, seriously, McCann's hammy like he needs it. I mean, maybe I that's know. good. I don't think so. Yeah. It's just brutal because it just means he's trying to compensate. I don't know what his body is doing to him. It's basically telling him to stop playing baseball this year, which is just not good. Um, you know, that Venter's Durbin. Debacle, what you talked about, was horrible. Mahalam looked horrible. Bourne was awful this week. David Ross was awful this week. I mean, a lot of bad signs for a week that, knock on wood, we could we could say is a three and three week. One of them face you know facing two good teams. Uh, one of them our division rival. Um, it's sort of a, again. I feel like we're lucky to be on the cusp of calling this a three and three week. What what's the score in inning, please? Two one Braves in the seventh. Uh, bottom of the seventh with one out. Is Miner still um, pitching? 
Minor, he pitched the blast. Garen, no, Garen. Oh, Garen, I'm sorry, you're right, Garen's in. And which minor, Not, we should mention, should be thrown in the good yeah. signs of the week. Yeah, this whole true. series, frankly, I mean, after after we got swept by Milwaukee, um, to come home, and again, to take two of three, um, it, obviously a sweep would be amazing, but to take two of three, if that's the way it turns out, after we got swept, and really looked bad looked in bad. Milwaukee. Well, it's just got to do so much for their confidence. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Absolutely. Just to propel them forward, to know that they can play with some good teams. They've kind of struggled with some good teams, recently beaten lesser teams, struggle with good teams, or struggle with hot teams, if you will. Right. I mean, not that the Braves haven't been hot, but we, we we couldn't beat San Diego, we couldn't beat the Phillies, couldn't beat we Milwaukee. got swept by Milwaukee. Yeah. So it's good to kind of beat a good team here. I agree. All right, guys, let's finish off with our predictions for the coming week. So three at Florida and three at Philly. Some pitching matchups against the Marlins. Hudson LeBlanc, who's a lefty, Mahalem Eovaldi, a righty, and Medlin Josh Johnson. Pretty exciting matchup there for Wednesday's game. Um, and then against the Phillies, Hanson Kendrick, Minor Halliday, and then Hudson, I think, Cliff Lee. So, yeah, Curtis, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go three and three, two and one, one and two, um, just because that's the cowardly weak prediction to make when we have these types of series so all right hammy um the misery loves co- cowardly weak loves company curtis um i'm right there with you same all right i'm going four and two because we sweep the marlins whoa now. and then yeah and you then know, take that, one in uh, in philly i let that float around in my head but um, <laughs> i could commit which is why it was cowardly and weak <laughs> All right, guys, that's the show. As always, please check us out at AtlantaBaseballTalk.com for past shows, to check out our blogs, and to post in our comment section. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at ATL Baseball Talk and on Facebook. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and go Braves! Thanks for listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. To find new shows, to post in our forum, or to send a comment, please visit us at AtlantaBaseballTalk.com. Had to admit the problem, it's a hard thing to admit. Had to get on the program, it ain't an easy road when you quit. Had to make peace with my enemies, accept the power greater than my With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.